another episode of Ruben the Cuban as we talk and celebrate life and talk about commercial real estate. And as a custom, I always like to start talking about a cigar and uh, cigars are very uh, special thing in my life. And this particular cigar, actually, I don't have it with me. I walked out of the house this morning with the cigar I was going to use for this podcast. So I have a substitute cigar in my hand that I've been uh, chomping on with my coffee this morning. But the cigar I want to talk about is from uh, Boliv- Bolivar. It's uh, named after Simon Bolivar. Uh, it's been around for about 100 years. The cigar brand started in Cuba, named after the uh, liber- liberator of Central and South America. But um, one of the reasons I really like that cigar, the, the Liberator uh, from Bolivar, is one that I used to share a lot with my best friend that uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of years. Dan Matake, miss you, brother. Um, we used to share that cigar a lot, and we really, really enjoyed it. And um, I talk about Dan a lot because Dan and I, we had a lot of things that we would compliment each other with, uh, being best friends. He was always super punctual, in fact, like 10 minutes early. And I was more like right on time running at the last minute. So uh, it's funny how friendships and partnerships can work and you can complement each other and still be like best friends. And kind of like on that note, I'd like to introduce uh, our guest today, Saira Marin, Marin and Fuji Ara from SVN Commercial Partners, two powerhouse ladies are working together, up and coming and uh, just taking South Florida by storm. Ladies, Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. It's well, awesome being here. I'm so excited to be have you guys here. I know we're good friends. We've uh, I've uh, seen you for the last couple of years, just starting to you know just shine and blossom into the, these uh, powerhouse uh, brokers uh, with commercial real estate in the commercial real estate space. And I'm glad you, know, you guys are here to share a little bit of your story and uh, hopefully inspire and give, uh, as Ashley likes to say some nuggets of information along the way. <laughs> yeah. So um, I always like to start off, you know, so the audience can get to know a little bit about you guys. I'll start with Syra. Syra, <laughs> you know, tell us a little bit about little Syra, you know, where Syra, you know, came from and, you know, kind of a little bit about your background as uh, growing up. So once again, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So I was born in Colombia, born and raised in Colombia. Um, I was raised by both my mother and my father. We are, First generation immigrants, we decided to make the move down here to South Florida. Uh, the first city that we landed in was in Margate, actually. Um, but my father had come separately. He had come with my brother on his own and they lived here for a couple of years, you know, sending money back to Colombia. Um, I was actually born with hip dysplasia. Um, really? Yes, I was. So it, for those who don't know, hip dysplasia is basically where your hips are not parallel to each other. You know, one's higher than the other. So I was in a cast um, for the majority of my early life when I was a baby. So there was for a long time, we were just kind of, you know, sending money back and um, trying to establish the foreground to be able to come here. So a few years later, we decided to completely move over and um, start our life here. So early on, I decided I've always been kind of an entrepreneur. I've always had um that mindset i would always sit my parents down in the living room and i would pitch ideas to them i wanted to start a clothing company called psycho like s-y-c-o um i've also sold a bunch of gym programs um when i was going through college and things like that so i've always you know tried to do my own thing for a very long time i used to be a dancer wow um 
I danced for almost like five years of my life. So if you go to my old Facebook, you can probably find a bunch of videos there. <laughs> so when, when did the powerlifting stuff come along? Is that was later or is that kind of evolved? From- that started in high school, actually. Um, I used to compete. Uh-huh. Um, and my highest numbers, I was squatting. I was squatting at the time, like 225 pounds. I was deadlifting um, almost twice my weight at the time. Wow. Um, I've always been very athletic and I think I got it from my father. My father's ran triathlons. He, he cycles all the way from Deerfield up to Okeechobee, which is probably over 40 miles. Um, those really fast cyclers on the road. So I think it's always come from, from him. My ambition drives from him. Um, and my mother, she's very, um, analytical. She's very, you know, kind of what pours into my career nowadays. She's very operational. She works on a system. Um, and so I feel like once I graduated from FAU, I wanted to kind of work for my own, um, my own business. I graduated doing market research. So I worked for a company called Search Ferrari out of Pompano. And so they were basically the biggest competitor against Umbrella. Um, they create patio furniture and all the finishings and things like that. Um, and afterwards I decided I just wanted to jump into real estate. Wow. And the reason I actually got into real estate was because my dad said he didn't want to continue working his nine to five. He wanted to start flipping homes. And so he actually got me into real estate. He's like, look, I'll pay for your real estate license. Um, just go ahead and do me a favor and just pass the exam. And so um, uh, when he introduced it to me, it actually took me like six months to do it because I wasn't taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided to do the one week course and I passed um, the week course and I did it. And I'm not going to lie literally took me almost like a year and a half to make my first paycheck. Um, my wow. first paycheck was $900. <laughs> it was not anything crazy. No, um, no, that's all right. <laughs> but I was still in college at the time. So Good. I was still taking classes, um, like some side classes. And then I decided to pursue real estate full time. I ended up buying that house. Good, good, good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll take a little pause right there because you mm-hmm. know we got we got Fuji story. But yeah, we already got some nuggets there about <laughs> yeah, you know overcoming, yeah. you know, just starting off with hip dysplasia. Yes, and to double, yeah. you know, lifting two times your weight in, mm-hmm. in high school. Wow, True. that's that's amazing. So yeah. you know, you've always been uh, you know climbing up the mountain uh, type of attitude. That's awesome. Thank you. And keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Now we have the the other half of the, the team because you guys are working as a team. Yes. So, okay, the other half of the team, and it's Fuji. Now, now Fuji, it, it's, I remember the first time you told me, now, correct me wrong, you were born in Nebraska? Yes, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, but your family <laughs> comes from? Yeah, so my family comes from Bangladesh. Bangladesh yeah. to Nebraska. Please to tell Nebraska. us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, actually, uh, the way it ended up happening, so my family, I have four older brothers and an older sister, and then obviously my mom and dad. And so they were all in Bangladesh at that time. I was the only one born in America, so I wasn't part of the story yet, but it tells my story. Absolutely. Um, So uh, my uncle at the time was uh, in the Air Force, and he was actually working for Ronald Reagan's personal um, medical team. Oh, wow. So he had a lot of clout at that time and a lot of ability to bring his whole family over. So he did just that. He brought all his brothers, his mom and dad, their wives and their kids to America. Wow. So that's how we originally came to America. Um, and we landed in, well, they landed in Baltimore, Maryland at that time. 
And my dad growing up in Bangladesh always lived in like the smaller towns. He never lived in the big city. And even if he did live in the big city, he still had that small town mentality. He was just mm -hmm. that kind of guy. Um, and so with five kids, he wanted a smaller town to raise them in. He didn't want a lot of crime and a lot of, you know, bad influence. So, he so asked, not Miami, huh? <laughs> not Miami and not Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so he asked my uncle at that time, um, where should we go? I want a small town where I can find everything. And at that time, my uncle was stationed at Offutt Air Force. Space in Omaha, Nebraska. Nice. Um, and fun fact about that: if the United States is under attack, that's the first place the president goes because we have an underground bunker, and it's the hardest place to reach from each coast. Wow! So there you go. It's just fun fact, right there. It's a little nugget. A little nugget. There you go. <laughs> um, and so um, my uncle said, "Come to Omaha. It's a very small, quaint town. You have everything you need here. It's a really." It's a really nice town. So my dad said, excellent. And we moved there and we never looked back. <laughs> wow. And then um, six years later, I was born. So I'm actually first generation American, mm. but they're all, you know, immigrants. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of cool. I always held that card over my siblings. Like, ha -ha, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got my citizenship and all that kind of stuff. So uh -huh. um, I always messed around with them in, in regards to that. But nonetheless, they all grew up in America. So we are pretty much American as well. Yes. Um. And so from then I grew up there all my life and, and honestly, I lived a really great life. I had a really loving family and all my siblings treated me like the spoiled baby that I was. And <laughs> <laughs> I really loved that being spoiled with all that love. Um, and then once I was 14, my dad actually passed away from cancer. Oh. And so that's, I think the first time that my family or I had ever really suffered something traumatic mm -hmm. because my family kept me very sheltered. Even if they were struggling with money, I never saw it. Um, and I think that's something I had the privilege of doing because I was the baby of the family mm -hmm. because I know my siblings, it wasn't the same situation for them. I know they all struggled. Um, and so that was kind of the first reality check for me that life isn't as rainbows and butterflies as my family made it seem for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was really close to my dad. So uh, and me and him connected on a different level. You know, he was a very studious person. He was also an entrepreneur. My mom was more of the housewife, so I couldn't really connect with her as much. Um, so we were literally besties. So when I lost my dad, that was very hard and traumatic for me. Um, and actually, it kind of affected me a lot in my school life because I was always a straight A student. Um, school always came very easy for me and very effortless for me. Um, and so not having him there really messed up my motivation and messed up my mentality. And I wouldn't say that I wasn't still doing good in school because it was easy for me, mm -hmm. um, but I just didn't have the desire and the motivation to do it anymore. So that's when I kind of started getting into stuff that, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't have gotten into, not really anything too crazy, but just, you know, maybe hanging out with the wrong people or right, drinking right. too much, stuff like that. So that was kind of the avenue that I was going down. Um, once I got into college, I just thought that you know what, I want to do something. I pictured myself to be a businesswoman. I always imagined myself to do that. I just mm -hmm. didn't know under what avenue or what career path I wanted to do so. So I ended up getting a degree in business administrations. Um, I actually did like an economics major and an international business major. Great. So that's kind of my background. So I always loved business, just didn't know what I wanted to do. Wow. Wow. So once I graduated from college, in college, I met my husband. We actually met online uh -huh. um, and fell in love. And we had like a whole year of really fun going back and forth from Florida to Nebraska. I don't know how much he liked going to Nebraska, but I loved coming to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a year and a half later, we got married and I ended up moving to Florida. Okay. So here I am, 24 in Florida, um, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Just graduated from college. And I really had no idea what I wanted for my career path. Um, so I ended up 
joining corporate America. I joined Staples mm-hmm. Corporate because I thought, well, you go to a college, you go to a college, and you get a college degree because you want to be in mm-hmm. corporate America. Right. And I did that for about two years, um, and then I got pregnant, and I had my son, and all of a sudden I was working a nine to six, and I barely could get days off and I could barely go on vacation and I could barely spend time with my son. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is not what I imagined myself doing. Um, and so it's so funny that Cyrus said her dad was the one who pushed her to join real estate because it was my father-in-law who pushed me to join real estate, uh, because my father-in-law was a real estate investor. And he said, you know, I'm already paying these realtors all this money. Might as well keep it in house. So he said, join real estate. I didn't listen to him for the first two years while I was working at Staples Corporate. And I'm like, no, I want this job where I'm making okay money and working for someone. Mm -hmm. So finally, after having my son and realizing I didn't have the freedom that I wanted, I'm like, okay, I think now it's time to join real estate. So that's when I decided to make that push and join real estate. And I'm never, ever looking back ever again. <laughs> wow. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you guys found yourself here and then, if I'm not mistaken, then around that time or when you got into real estate, because probably, you know, after high school and college, you start flipping houses. You got your father-in-law telling you, hey, you know, get into real estate. Somewhere along that line, you guys met, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my and, gosh. Yes. Oh, um, you want to know, you want to know how we met? Hold on. Is this oh the gosh. same story with two different sides or are we yes. have the same story? Yes. Oh. All right. We'll go. I'll with, let her tell the story. I'll actually. let her tell the story. Then you can correct the, your, your version. I'll give my version after. Okay. Yeah. So as she said, she was like studying for a little bit and then she went to real estate school. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't good at studying at home. I knew that I was a person that had to be in front of a teacher and study because online classes were never my forte. So I went ahead and just straight up signed up for the Gold Coast uh-huh. one week program. One week. And mm-hmm. um, that in. guess Cram who happened to be in that same Gold Coast one week program? Oh, yeah. Syra. <laughs> so you guys met like right at the beginning. We met yes. right at the beginning, but we didn't really, we just kind of saw each other. We're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And that was that. It was a pretty large class. We had about like 35 or 40 people in there. Mm-hmm. And I always sat at the front and uh, she always sat at the back. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really, <laughs> we didn't really talk to each other too much, but we knew each other existed. Um, and so that's how we initially met. We both got our real estate license. And then it's so funny because um, I honestly think Syra and I, us connecting was fate because we continuously got, uh, we continuously cross each saw, other's paths. Yeah, cross each other's paths um, over time, not even knowing it. Because after getting our real estate license, we both start happened to start at the same exact Keller Williams firm in Boca Raton. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And Without so, not no, talking. With no conversation. Not, not we never talked in the in the Gold Coast yeah. um, class. She sat at the front, so I saw always saw the back of her head. Uh, <laughs> and she was always raising her hand. And I was always in the back, just taking notes. Just taking notes. Um, and I actually noticed her because I remember her walking in with her husband. And I was like, who is this woman dressed from head to toe uh, uh-huh. for a 10-hour class? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me, Come obviously. On. Yeah. So, you know, so we're not going to, well, I guess we could we'll lovingly say there's a little bougie Fuji going on, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's part of the long time it, coming. It, it, and, and, and we say that with love because you're always dressed really well. You always make sure, Thank hey, you. you're walking out that. Well, and it goes along. Your husband's always, you know, and the baby, I'm not even going to talk about him. <laughs> he looks like he belongs in like, you know, baby Gucci magazine. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, no, we do love to, to dress up. So All thank right. you for that, Syrah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Keller Williams came around, same exact scenario. I always sat in the back. We had to sit there for 30 days in mm-hmm. order to do our, um, I believe, our continuing education. Um, you can do it ahead of time at Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. So I always sat in the back. 
she always sat in the front and she would literally bring in her baby on a stroller <laughs> to the class. It was like a two hour class or yeah. something like that. And um, I, for some reason, I don't remember her being in that class. And it's so funny. So that was the second time we crossed paths. We were in there for 30 days straight. And then um, later down the road, someone followed me on Instagram and I'm like, oh, okay. She looks familiar. Let me follow her back. And what fast forward, what, six, eight months from then, um, she reached out to me with joining commercial partners, SVN commercial partners. Mm. And I took her offer and I was like, okay, let me call Scott and Ashley and let me try to hear a little bit more about the company. And then fast forward maybe another six months. Now we're working together on the same team. Wow. And that's with no conversation basically from the beginning of Gold Coast all the way to me walking into commercial partners. She was honestly a stranger yeah. when I walked into um, commercial partners. SVN. Commercial SVN. Part. Yeah. And, SVN, and I guess um, wow. from my perspective too. So when we were at um, Keller Williams, you know, I, I was with the mindset of I'm only doing commercial only. So I was looking for that type mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. niche there, but they didn't really have it at that time. So um, with some, some family stuff that was going on, I had taken a little bit of a break, even mm -hmm. though I had just started, I had to take almost like six months to a year off. Um, and then when I came back, I'm like, okay, let me not go to Keller Williams again. Let me start somewhere. So I ended up um, a friend of mine ended up referring SVN commercial partners to me. So I'm like, wow. okay, let me go check it out. And I loved the culture and I fell in love with it. And Scott and Ashley and everybody was just so great. And I loved how it was a very small company. So I knew yeah. I would get the one-on-one -on -one attention that I wanted. Um, so I was already sold with SVN. So when I joined, I started working there and um, yeah, I came across her Instagram and I remembered her and I was seeing, she was like killing it in residential. I saw she was really good at marketing. I was like, wow. I'm like, I love this. I think she would be so great here. I think her skills aren't 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 being maximized to their fullest potential there. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of scheming a little bit, not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm like, I like what she's doing and I want her to be here. Nice. So when I reached out to her, I kind of told her, um, I was like, hey, you know, we have this admin position, you know, maybe you should come and check it out and it'll kind of slowly ease you into commercial real estate. So you're not having to like give up everything right away. Right, right. Um, and I think at that time it attracted her because I think the other um part-time thing that you were doing was not real estate related. Related. So yeah. it kind of made you happy that it was real estate related. So I was like, cool, I got her over here. And That's once I awesome. got her there, I was talking to Scott and Ashley and I'm like, you know, I think that me and her would really work well together. You know, she's good at the tech stuff. I'm not very good at that. You know, I think that, um, you know, we'd be good partners. And Ashley was like, you know what? I see it too. I think I really see it um, happening with you guys. I see your guys' skill set. So I kind of always had in my mind that I wanted to work with her. Wow. Um, I think she just didn't know, but I was kind of scouting her from a, mm -hmm. from far away. <laughs> and so when she joined, it was kind of like that. I was like, hey, so I'm working on a couple things. If you want to like come work with me, we can do them 50-50. And so that's kind of like how we started it. Just very started as like just us kind of working a couple deals and being like, hey, we like working with each other and we like each other's personalities and we're slowly right. becoming friends. And we realized that um, what I'm good at, she's not good at and what she's good at, I'm not good at. So we're like, oh, this is perfect. And with conversations with Ashley and Scott, we just realized like, okay, this actually really might be something. And um, yeah, well, and now we're here. <laughs> a little, little side note. I vividly remember one day I was in Boca. I think when you came into, so Scott, Ashley and myself were in the conference room and you came in saying, hey, there's somebody I know from former you know, place I was at, I think she would be good here. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that because we all kind of did a little, you know, social media, what everybody does, kind of like, hey, who's this person? Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and I think you talked to Scott and Ashley kind of about from there. But I remember when you walked in the conference room, now that you say that actually, it's like, 
remember that conversation. Well, at least mm -hmm. when you said it. Initially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. And then kudos to both of you guys to, to kind of see, well, let's get a little bit, any, Thing you want to change to the story right there about you because she's like over here waiting it's like your version of the story <laughs> that very similar accurate or no what, yeah or, oh, okay. that, that is actually along the path um i would say you know i did residential for a few years uh -huh. um during that time that she decided to take a break um you know whatever she had to do some personal things she also did just have a baby i was doing residential and i was doing really good at it actually mm -hmm. so i ended up winning um the rookie award oh. for exit realty at Meisner and Boca Raton. And so I was really enjoying it. I was doing my own marketing and in the residential area or the residential arena, I'd really say you have to really kind of do everything for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. The prospecting, the marketing, the maintaining. And I feel like at a commercial firm, all of that is really handled for you beautifully. And so residential was great. I loved it. I loved doing the door knocking. I loved talking to people every single day. My schedule was really good. I was really big on YouTube. Actually, I hit like 15,000 um, follows or 15,000 views on nice. a day in the life as a realtor. Mm. Um, and that's with no background. It was one of my first uploaded videos and it just hit like crazy wow. on YouTube. So I was doing really good at it. And so I was really trying to get that media marketing under my belt. And yeah, she saw it. And yeah, at first we never really had a conversation. Um, I took her up on her offer. I went and I met Scott and Ashley and they just sold me. You know, they're nice. great people, very charismatic, um, a great duo. They definitely feed and pour into each other. So Scott and Ashley, if you're listening, don't let this get to your head. Please. <laughs> yes, they already know this. <laughs> yeah. <so>. yeah. <laughs> well, we don't need to tell them. <laughs> no, we don't need to tell but them. But it, it was awesome. So um, we then started working a few deals. But, you know, along with partnership and friendship, I wouldn't say it was that beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, we actually butt heads very often yes. and there were many times where we were just going <laughs> to venture out on our own um so this is where the goody goody starts yeah. yes yes yeah, she no, put it very up beautifully to, up, to now, up to now it's been like you know like the two you know almost a like disney movie you know two i'm normally politically that, correct she's bringing all the dirty uh, she's bringing the dirty she, well, she's bringing the real I'm bringing right? the cheese man uh, okay so 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 tell us so you guys are working together so you start butting head before you became officially like partners or working together yes just kind of like after you've introduced her to SVN commercial partners and, you know, okay, now you're coming on board. I, I, there's a little bit of here with, you know, remember Sarah is also being a little more, I would say almost reluctant, a little hesitant because she did have her practice really going 100%. strong in the residential yeah. to move over. And this was about a, you know, a year or so ago we were, talk, we were talking about this. So mm -hmm. we'll get to that later. Talk to me a little bit about this, this chemistry between the two of you, you're complementing each other, a different set of skills. But then you start butting heads because obviously those are different. Because mm -hmm. we're different. Yeah. Right, right. And it's something that requires a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely looked at it through a different lens every single time. How have we crossed paths almost three times with little to no conversation and end up in the same office? You know, and as she said at the time, they had a director for operations position and residential, the market was slowing down after COVID. So I was like, okay, I definitely wanted to take that opportunity. Um, and I really fell for the company as a whole. But with her, you know, I definitely had that reluctance to give away my game or give away my business mm -hmm. and just let it go and come do completely commercial. I think it took me almost a full year and a half to mm -hmm. really just let it go. And because at the time, you know, we weren't really friends. We were more partners just working together, mm. you know, to, to, to favor each other. And so I didn't know much about her and she didn't know much about me. And I had a wall up 
every single time that wow. she constantly tried to crack. Um, I sound like, I feel like a marriage counselor here. Yeah. It's like the relationship counselor. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's pretty well, funny. You, Cause you got literally. this little love at the beginning. Then also in the real life starts settling in. Well, yeah, because you know, um, you have to keep in mind, people come from all walks of life. You know, right. she comes from, uh, she's a mother, you know, she's a wife and I'm someone who currently where my priority is my career. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my partner and my family, but it definitely, you know, we had different priorities at the time. And so that's where the constant headbutting would come in. Because, got a shout out to your doggy. Yes. yes. <laughs> shout out to Canelo. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. So that was a constant headbutt because I'm very systematic, operational, analytical, and I like to do things in a certain fashion. And Fuji is Fuji. Fuji <laughs> I'm more of like Fuji. a go with the flow kind of person. Go with the flow. Come in at 10 a.m., you know, uh, start working at 10, leave at 3. <laughs> okay, so, I stay wow. till 6 now. All okay. right. There you go. But, so it was constantly kind of, um, it was trying to get on the same page in regards to workflow, you mm. know. And um, a lot of the times she had to work from home. And I was always in the office almost like five days a week. And so that's where I kind of felt that we weren't putting in the same effort, but it took a long time to see that we actually were. Mm -hmm. uh, we just work very differently. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, though, a friendship, a very beautiful friendship did blossom in the midst of it. So wow. kind of I yeah. would if I could put it as a metaphor, it's literally a flower growing out of concrete. Wow. Wow. That's exactly that how it was. Beautiful. That is so cute. Yeah, because, you know, we had to keep our priorities in line about the money, the prospecting, the business and all these things. And at the same time, I think just being around each other so much, we had a very beautiful friendship that blossomed. Um, and a lot of the times that friendship did get questioned <laughs> yeah. because, you know, you have to literally leave your emotions at the door and mm -hmm. just come in and do business. You know, you yeah. got to focus on the big goal. And so that's why I think we have such a strong, unique friendship till this day um, or up until now, because we've literally curated it. We've nourished it. We fed it. And we've nice. really put the time and effort kind of like a marriage, honestly, mm -hmm. yeah, no, into our relationship. So and I also want to add, like, um, I think every headbutt that we had only made us overcome some misunderstanding that her and mm -hmm. I had and only mm -hmm. made us stronger, you know? And at that time it was like, oh gosh, like, I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> like, ugh, I don't even want to work with her. Yeah. But, you know, once we yeah. talk about it and it was really a lot of times misunderstanding, like yep. she said, like not understanding each other's workflow, not mm -hmm. understanding how the other person thinks or, or, or why are they doing it mm -hmm. this way and kind of expecting it, kind of being okay with, okay, she's not going to do it my way, but as long as it gets done, that's mm -hmm. all that matters. So us both coming to that understanding like it's not going to be done the way I want it to it's not going to be done the way she wants it to but as long as we're achieving the same outcome that's mm -hmm. that's all that matters so by going through those different headbutts or you know disagreements we've we've been able to like understand each other a little bit more and you know come to terms with you know um, our business and our friendship and I know she keeps on saying friendship but I really look at her as more of a sister wow. you know it's one of those like sometimes I hate you and I don't want to talk to you and mm -hmm. sometimes I love you so much and 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 that's really how it is it's like um, I look at her more uh, more than a friend actually so uh, yeah that's awesome that's yeah. beautiful that is beautiful um really quick I want to kind of touch on a little bit inside around the story of like you said it took about a year you're gonna have to kind of make that transition uh, right now, SVN commercial partners were growing and I'm mm -hmm. out there trying to grow the Miami office a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to a lot of folks that have their residential. Well, they have their license, but they're working uh, very strong and they don't want to give up the residential mm -hmm. 
side of their business because they're like, hey, we, you know, we do some commercial. We are interested in commercial. We want to learn more about commercial. And I get it. Some people that really are in, you know, that's their, and they, they rather do that. They don't want, you know, commercial a little more logic, a little more uh, numbers driven versus, you know, you still have obviously the interpersonal skills that you need and so forth. And I, just to say, I think you both have great interpersonal skills and great skills, but you can totally see, you know, as you see, you guys grow, you know, you have the, the kind of, uh, people person that would say, you know, very, very, and then you have the, a lot of the logic on Cyrus side that, you know, that just keeps things going. But last time we were networking compared to the first time we were networking, I saw this just, I felt like a proud daddy. I was like, <laughs> look at these two just work the rooms. That's beautiful. So sorry, I digress. Going back to the residential and switching into commercial. And I got yeah. a different question for you also here in second Fuji. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what, what finally convinced you or what, 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 what clicked to say, Hey, you know, you're, you're seeing the commercial business being part of the admin and marketing initially with, you know, SVN, you still had your residential very well up and alive. What finally kind of brought you over to, to strictly commercial kind of, kind of thing? Yeah. So I would say the real trigger that actually made me step a foot into SVN, um, really knowing I'm going to dedicate myself to commercial within a few months was actually selling a house I did here in Miami. Um, it was work-life balance to put it shortly. It's, mm. I was constantly on edge. I was stressed. I was working seven days a week. I had clients texting me at 1130 PM. I was out to dinner and I was constantly on edge and stress again. And so it was this constant roller coaster of emotions because I loved residential for how fast the paychecks came in. Right? right. And the relationships I could build with my clients and being able to provide them with their first home. That was beautiful. But then on top of that, there was no real culture behind the real estate. Right. So there was no work life balance. It was constantly I couldn't take vacations because I constantly had things closing. On top of that, it was, you know, just the stress that came with it. I will never forget just a quick story. I was selling this house in Miami and we were the day before closing. And there was a security package that the owner did not let me know was being leased on the Ooh. property. So we were selling the home and the buyers thought that the security package, which mind you cost almost like $3,500, which at the time was a lot of money for the buyer, right? Mm -hmm. um, was not included with the sale and they thought it was. Wow. And so I had an angry seller. I was out to dinner that night with my partner and it was actually our anniversary. Mm. And she was calling me like crazy, freaking out because apparently the buyer got in touch with her saying, how can you send me the information for the security package? So it was a lot of miscommunication. And I found myself sitting at dinner, stressed, not even, be, even being able to enjoy my company. And on top of that, the dinner that, you know, was so, on such an important date for me. And I realized I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. It was late on a Friday night. We had the closing the following Monday. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like that again. I feel mm -hmm. like I was taking precious time from my relationship. I was taking precious time from myself. And then on top of that, I felt like I deserved a little bit more work-life balance because I did work extremely hard. Um, and so after that, that's when I was a little bit more open to commercial because at that time I heard, you know, commercial culture was very different. Nobody really works on the weekends. If you do work on the weekends, you're working on your own, not responding to clientele. 
on top of that, you know, it's more of a numbers game. It's not so emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found with residential. I know it sounds cliche, but it is a very emotional business. I think commercial can be emotional as well, because if it's someone's last investment property or maybe it's something they inherited, there could definitely be some emotion tied to it. But with residential, there was just so much opportunity for fallout that you couldn't really count on those paychecks to pay, you know, your mortgage and anything else, you know, so that was the trigger. It was that one experience I sold here in Miami. And after that, I decided I just didn't want to deal with it. I really it's I don't know if it's maybe I thought a different way, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. that ethic. I'm not going to text someone. It's so late right now. Um, And so I just felt kind of exhausted trying to explain and teach people that. And these are clients that I always treated very well. I Mm -hmm. expected that same respect to me and I never got it sometimes. So it was that one experience. And then after that, my ears just really, you know, opened. And then when I started to hear all the things that Fuji was working on, I was like, that sounds awesome. Now, my reluctance with commercial, though, was the time, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what type of industry you specialize, you could be waiting almost six months to almost three to four years for a paycheck, Mm -hmm. right? Regardless of the size, you know, bills don't wait. Right. So that was my reluctance. That's why it took me almost a year and a half to really make that transition because the beauty about residential, you can close a house in 30 days and you're set, right? right? But I do believe that with more that comes, you know, the expenses go up, you know, the lifestyle goes up. It's sometimes, you know, I also think just something you can't avoid. It's just an experience. And so that's what I realized. Um, commercial, it definitely was a long-term better strategy for me. Mm-hmm. Residential, you know, you can sell five houses in almost three months. And you feel made, you know, you feel like you're, you're, you're up there. And I realized though, with commercial, I feel a little bit, not to say like, um, how do I explain it? I feel like everybody's a realtor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to put myself in that category. I wanted to stand out. I wanted to be unique. And so when um, Fuji was introducing all these ideas to me, I realized, you know, I want to do something that not everybody's doing. I want to be able to sit in a room and talk to people and teach them about commercial real estate right. and not them talk to me about how their sale went because I already know that, you right. know, um, or how to sell a house. So that's kind of just, I would say it's those big three things. It was the work-life balance. It was, you know, kind of being unique in the real estate industry. And then on top of that, it was, you know, a lot of it was uh, reluctance based on time on paychecks and things like that. So those were the top three reasons for right, me. Right, great. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's amazing because seeing that kind of growth, you know, period in your life over the last couple of years, been seeing this this journey you've been on has been beautiful. And I'm so happy that you've- Thank you. You made the, the as I sometimes say to uh, folks that are just resident, you know, you've come over to the dark side. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so much better though. Yeah, yeah. You know, is, I remember Scott saying that all the time. When are you finally coming over to the dark side? And I yeah. said- just a few more months, just there a few more months. And there's never a right time, though. I will say that it felt like I'd close one house and then finally a, like a new listing would come right in right. when I would be like, OK, I'm finally going to switch over. There's never a perfect time. There's never a perfect. time. So Absolutely. I definitely think once you pull the trigger, it's it's just kind of ripping off a bandaid. Just yep. go ahead and start doing it. Nice. You know? Nice. Now, both of you are part of uh, something new around SVN. And I think what would say in the commercial real estate industry you know, what we call the uh, women of SVN, mm-hmm. uh, not just women, but, you know, coming from you know, minority backgrounds, you know, you were born in Colombia and your family's from Bangladesh and so forth. Uh, it's kind of a special, unique formula for what we have at SVN Commercial Partners and so forth. 
um, being in the commercial industry, it's it's definitely I would say more male dominated than than female dominated. Have you guys felt uh, any pushbacks, or how are you feeling about that? Is that something that it even comes to mind, or? Um, I think at SVN, our culture is very accepting of women and very inclusive of women. And we always make um, a very big effort to make sure that women aren't feeling like we're the underdogs, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why it's really cool that we do have a women of SVN call where we're always talking about um, getting deals done between us and, you know, supporting each other. So I would say that within SVN, I really don't see it. Um, I think there's been a couple of instances where people will say like, oh, wow, you know, like you're smart too. And you're just like, excuse me. Um, um, Yeah. So you just hear, you hear those little comments here or there. Um, But I think, especially living in South Florida, there is a really good representation of um, women as well as large groups of minority in the commercial real estate industry. Mm -hmm. I would say when you go outside of South Florida, that's when you really see the disparity Mm -hmm. of women and um, minorities. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, when we were at the SVN conference, I kind of pointed out to Syrah, I didn't see like another Latina woman there, woman there. So it was kind of cool to have her be represented as one of them. Um, and, and to represent that market and that demographic um, nationwide, not just in South Florida. So I feel like um, at other firms, you'll definitely kind of, I don't know, I, you, you, you never know how people are re- responding to it and reacting to it. Um, but thankfully at SVN, it's always nothing but like positivity and acceptance and warm welcome. So that's nice. 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 Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, I'm not saying we're wrapping up, but, you know, as we're kind of tailoring down, you know, you two are working and you both have shared how overcome some of those headbutts and some of those tough moments, very similar to what, you know, I hear in, I'm not saying I did a bunch of marriage counseling, but I've been through some, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, relationships, you know, you hear it on TV, you hear whatever counselor type of podcast or book you want to read. It's about overcoming those steps because like, it's always easy when things are going really, really well and Mm -hmm. overcoming. How do you guys um, work that out between the two of you? You know, so is there like a certain <laughs> process or step yes. where you just like start throwing punches? I'll, you know? I'll, I'll explain it actually. <laughs> so communication is key, yes. um, which I'm sure you'll hear that at any marriage counselor. <laughs> um, but really it's letting that guard down and, you know, realizing you guys have the same end goal, right? Yeah. You guys are going to the same top of the mountain and you guys are working towards the same goals. And so what we've realized is there will be times where at times, you know, we decide not to talk to each other and we're just communicating via email. That mm-hmm. really does happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just seeing it through. A lot of the time you need patience, right? You need to realize you're working for the same team. And at the end of the day, it's communication. I'd say those top three things. There will be times where I haven't talked to her for a few days because I really want to prioritize work. But then she'll walk into the office and we're like, but how are you? How is everything at home? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how is, how are you doing? And it's at those times, it's when we really click. And we remember, aside from a partnership, we have a beautiful friendship. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely- Sistership. Sistership. (laughs) I would say it's not easy. I honestly do feel like we are married sometimes. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny you say that because- um, we, we, we talk to each other about this all the time and it's literally communicating. Yeah. And it's just realizing yeah. that you have to overshare a little bit more with your partner because you guys are involved in so many ways, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, whatever she does, it will involve me and it will affect me in some way. And whatever I decide to do, whatever decisions I make will involve and affect her. Right. And then it's the people that stand behind us, which are our families. So it's just keeping in mind that you guys, you know, have the same ethics. You need to communicate and you're working for the same team. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would say we got to give each other a little bit of time and mm-hmm. space. Sometimes we Air. try we try not to <laughs> attack the beast right when the beast has emerged. Yeah. Mm. So remove you yourself know, from the situation. Yeah. Not attack the beast when the beast has emerged. I like that one. Yes. So yeah. we're like, oh, okay. Let's take a let's take a break. Let's take a five. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, sometimes that's an hour. Sometimes that's a few days where we just need some space. Um, but then you know, once the emotions have died down, then it's like, okay, all right, let's talk. Like, what's going on? What happened? And then. You know, if there's concerns on her end, she'll express it to me. I'll express it to her. And then, you know, like she said, we're working for the same team. So ultimately, we always come to a, a, a positive, you know, team type of conclusion. But, um, yeah, I would say it's just like she said, communication and, and giving mm-hmm. each other the space and the respect that, hey, that person needs space. Let me not, you know, um, try to bother them too much or try to be all up in their bubble. Mm. Um, and then when they're ready, we'll talk. And, you know, in that time, it's not like we're not friends or we're not partners. We're still mm-hmm. working. We're still getting our deals done. If there's a conversation that needs to have or a meeting that we need to be on, we'll be on it mm-hmm. and everything will be fine. But it's a little bit of the the tug and pull that we just have to work on, you know, off the clock when we're not working, when we don't have anything else to worry about. Then we kind of take that time to sit down and say, okay, what happened? And l- let's discuss. And so like I said, every time that we've done that thus far, we've only gotten stronger mm-hmm. and have only understood each other better. Um, and so I think the first couple of times it happened, we were like, oh, God, like so freaking annoying. You know what I mean? We're like, <laughs> I don't want to be part of this. Like, I don't want to be your partner. But I wow. think that those are the couple first times. couple of times because we didn't understand yeah. that those were growing pains. We, mm-hmm. we needed to feel that Definitely. to be able to be where we are today. And so now when that happens, we don't take it so personally. We're like, you know what? It's just a misunderstanding. We'll get over it and it'll make us better. So I think also our perception of us not agreeing has changed as well. Mm -hmm. Before it was like, you don't agree with me. Oh, I don't want to be a part of you anymore. You know, like we're done versus now it's like, you don't agree with me. Okay. Maybe we can come to an understanding. Maybe something you're saying is right. And I'm not seeing it or vice versa. Nice. So it's also like us growing as people. A (laughs) hundred percent. It's sometimes we get on these, um, one hour, one hour and a half phone calls and we say, we should be on a podcast yeah. right now because we're literally <laughs> sharing and dropping so many nuggets, things I've heard from podcasts uh-huh. or audios and things she's watched and things she's listened to. Yeah. And so we're constantly, aside from our friendship and our partnership, we're pouring into each other's cups. Right. And we're trying to share how to make each other better. By the way, you do this a little. Have you ever thought about doing this? You mm-hmm. know, it's not constantly just drama and work. It, that's not the way it works. Right. You literally have to keep the person's interest in mind. And sometimes that won't be your, you know, the decision you want or the mm-hmm. choice that you want, but you're trying to do the best thing for them and for the thing for the team. Well, and I think you, uh, like when you told me something about the podcast here and, and like, Hey, you might have to give you a little constructive criticism or just a little something to polish off. And I'm always open because I know I'm far from perfect in anything. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm always like, so I, 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 um, I play the bass mm-hmm. and a uh, long time ago, uh, I was at, uh, uh, at a, like a base camp kind of thing um, where I was listening to a very, very famous bass player and he was just talking about playing. And he's, I mean, he played, he's, he's one of the most recorded bass players in the country at the mm-hmm. time. And just talking about maybe 20 years ago, um, but he's still playing very well. 
But he said something to me. He said something to the group. Very uh, interesting. He's like, if you ever practice and just be yourself, kind of like that lone wolf, you're kind of in, in, in a vacuum. So he's like, take a little stone, especially the stones that are in the river. And, you know, those are in the bottom of the river, but water's constantly going over it and little by little polishing off that beautiful stone. So it doesn't mm-hmm. look like a rock. It looks like a polished stone. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with people or you're part of a team and you're able to tell each other, you're polishing each other off mm-hmm. and becoming more of a beautiful and brighter and really to your full potential kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He was talking about music, and, but I've applied that to you and I'm seeing it. What you guys are telling me is like being going through those tough moments and not being alone, being able to tell each other, mm-hmm. able to polish each other off and just grow and into these, you know, powerful women in, in commercial real estate you guys have become. Yes. So I'm, uh, I'm very happy to see that. I know you guys have a lot of information. We could probably sit here talking for we a could. couple hours. Like all day long. Yeah, well, I hope you guys come back. You know, this is like yeah. the first of many visits. Yeah. Um, you know, love to talk about social media because I know you guys are amazing with that. And you're still teaching me about Instagram. Like, I don't know, Jack. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's You'll a lot there. we can learn from you guys. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd uh, love to dive into you know, some of the professionally, you know, briefly, if somebody's listening, what are you guys specializing in or what area of, I mean, South Florida goes, you know, all over any particular thing and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So I specialize mostly in the Fort Lauderdale market. Um, I do a lot of retail leasing, um, sales, investment sales, but predominantly retail and Fuji. Yeah. Yes. And then um, obviously, because Sire and I are partners, we're able mm-hmm. to um, expand our geographic region. So she does more of the Southeast Coast. Mm-hmm. I do more of the Southwest Coast. So Naples, Fort Myers, Cape Coral area. Um, and then same exact thing, retail leasing. And then we also do a lot of land development, specializing in retail land development. Great, great, yeah. great. Now, Instagram handles or emails you want to give out or? Yeah, you guys can follow me at my advisor, Syra. And you guys can follow me at my advisor, Fuji. <laughs> nice, yes. nice. So, um, yeah, and we're always open to any conversation. We love to really preach about um, trends in the real estate market, residential coming to commercial, just because we, ha- we have that experience. Yes. You know, it's something that we pride on. And then on top of that, um, we do a lot of, you know, webinars and things like that in the office. So we'll make sure to re- record them on how to utilize commercial real estate resources like trap reonomy all these things like that so kind of further our technology well, i think i think you've already set up the second the next podcast that you guys come on yeah pretty yeah. much yeah, yeah. We, we can start talking a little more tech and a little mm-hmm. more of some of the other stuff because you guys definitely are um well um rooted in all things cre especially on the tech side i had dina zimmerman here a that's couple, cyrus well, strength episode. <laughs> <laughs> well it's cyrus strength but she's teaching both of us we, exactly. we gotta use it so that's awesome that's awesome Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. And um, as I often say, please uh, consider uh, working or helping or supporting uh, this not-for-profit I work with. Her name uh, is Christina's Academy.org. Uh, Christina helps out a lot of uh, underprivileged children in elementary schools and uh, providing tutoring and, and just trying to give them a better life. Um, please share this podcast with anybody. If you uh, enjoyed it, uh, you can find the podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you like uh, to get your shows. Thank you very much. Until next time. Mm-hmm.